Today on Bold Steps with Mark Job, we're learning how to face discouragement. If criticism has the power to stop you from doing what you should be doing, then criticism has just won. Don't let it win. Amen? Welcome to Bold Steps with Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. As we move forward in our study of facing your feelings, we're going to be taking a look at an emotion that most of us have had to deal with one time or another. It's called discouragement. Mark, you say that anyone who's doing something worthwhile will encounter opposition and criticism. And as you know, that's true in even ministry. It really is. And Nehemiah experienced incredible criticism as a leader. Wayne, I think back to when I was a young pastor and not really understanding how to take people's criticism, Mm. extremely sensitive, still Mm. developing my own identity. I remember coming under such severe discouragement Mm. after people that I thought I was investing in would come and criticize me. That'd be hard. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes you're developing who you are. You're gaining your own confidence. You're getting sure your your, your feet are getting under you and in, into your identity in Christ. And I recall wanting to almost quit the ministry, seriously considering just out of discouragement. Thank God for people that are encouragers. Thank God for his word. Thank God for his Holy Spirit that reminds us about our identity in Christ. Maybe you're feeling discouragement here today. Listen carefully to God's word and instruction now as Mark comes to teach. The dictionary defines discouragement as a feeling of despair in the face of obstacles, a state of distraught and loss of the sense of enthusiasm or drive or courage. The word itself, dis, means away from. Courage, well, it means that you no longer have courage. Courage gives us the power to confront things. It gives us the energy to tackle things. When we lack courage, it means that apathy has set into our soul. This blanket, wet blanket of discouragement has overcome us, so we no longer have the strength to fight for the things that we believe in. Why do people get discouraged? Well, over the years as a pastor, I've prayed for so many people, some people very discouraged, and there's hundreds of reasons that people go down this road of discouragement. I've prayed over people who were stuck in a marriage that was dysfunctional and didn't seem to get any better, and although they tried and tried, it seemed like the marriage was stuck, and so a spirit of discouragement would set over this couple's marriage. I've talked to parents who have a son or a daughter that has gone down a wrong road. Maybe it's the road of addiction or really bad choices, and they've tried to pray over their son or daughter, speak into them, encourage them, help them, get them counseling, and they get no better. And so after years of wrestling, discouragement sets in over the relationship with their son or daughter. Some people are discouraged over their career. They went to college and 
thought that they would be able to jump into a career and that their opportunities would be limitless. And so they jumped into their career, started ascending the ladder only to hit a ceiling. And it seems like all the doors for progress or promotion are closed and they're doing something they didn't want to do and they're stuck in a place making below what they thought they were going to make in a career that they don't want to have and so discouragement sets in. Some people struggle with chronic illness. That back pain that doesn't seem to go away and you can never quite get comfortable. You wake up in the morning with it. You go to bed at night with it. There's this constant pain that you have. It doesn't allow you to do the things that you wanted to do and it seems like your possibilities are more and more limited and you're more and more dependent. And so because of chronic pain, discouragement sets in to your soul. Or I've talked to young ladies who are watching all their friends get married. One by one, they're bridesmaid, but they're never the bride. And so they, they kind of feel like their clock is ticking and everybody else is getting married. And by this time, they thought they'd have three babies. And they don't even have a guy that they call babe yet. So discouragement sometimes sets in. Or the couple that's married and always dreamed of having a family. And so each time they find out a pregnancy test results positive. They get excited only to be discouraged and their hopes to be dashed by one more miscarriage. I don't know where you're at this morning, and I don't know why discouragement has gotten a hold of you or what kind of discouragement is trying to suck you in or pull you down. But one thing I do know that we all, all of us, without exception, face times of discouragement within our lives. And so if you're taking notes this morning, you may say, Pastor, I'm not even discouraged right now. I don't need to take notes. But hang on to these notes because sooner or later, you'll be looking for these notes. You'll need to pull them out. And so today, today I want to talk to you about four steps, four steps to fight discouragement. The text that I'm turning your attention to is Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 13 to 23. Nehemiah is a great character in Scripture. There's a whole book in the Bible about what he did. But in essence, Nehemiah was a successful man that had climbed the ladder, reached almost the highest position that you could achieve, yet God stirred his heart with a cause. So he left his position traveled 800 miles to do a task that seemed virtually impossible. He went to rebuild the walls of a city that had been in ruin for 141 years, the walls of Jerusalem. He rallied a group of people that got all excited with him and said, yes, we will rebuild the walls of this torn down city. And so they moved there with supplies, but... Like anything that's worth doing, there will always be opposition. Can I just tell you that? If you're doing anything that's worth doing, you've experienced opposition. You're trying to be healthy, opposition. There's always someone with a bag of Doritos. 
You're trying to build up some savings to buy the house? Opposition. There's always going to be something that's going to come at you. You're trying to build a great marriage? Opposition's going to come at you. You're trying to finish your degree? There will be opposition to it. You're trying to pursue your calling? There will be opposition and discouragement that comes with it. The only people that don't get opposed are people that aren't doing anything. So if, if you're not doing anything, don't expect opposition. People will just ignore you. But if you're trying to do something worth doing, you will experience opposition and criticism as well. I learned that a long time ago. Opposition comes to any cause that someone is fighting for. And so Nehemiah experienced opposition and they started to rebuild the walls. People were excited, all pumped up about it. Yeah, let's build the walls. This is going to be awesome. And they started the job and soon they became very discouraged. Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 10 summarizes their discouragement. It says, meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. There is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Have you ever started something out like super pumped up, high-fiving it, putting your hands in the middle and say, let's do it, and you start to do it, and you realize, whoa, this is a lot bigger task than what I thought it was. If you've ever tried to remodel a bathroom, you know what I'm talking about. A lot bigger task than what you thought it was going to be. So Nehemiah starts and the people get discouraged and their strength is running out. That was an energy problem. Their task seems overwhelming. That's a perspective problem. And they could not build the wall or their future appears bleak. That's a faith problem. So they found themselves discouraged, wanting to give up, not able to move forward. And Nehemiah steps in and with God's help gives them four steps for the people of Israel to take to overcome discouragement. And it's the very four steps that I'm going to explain to you today because I believe that some of us need to take these steps starting today. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. You need to filter criticism. You see, discouragement weakens your outlook and interrupts the progress of what God is doing in your life. And oftentimes, discouragement is set in motion by personal criticism. If you look at Scripture, verse 1 of this chapter, there were two main critics in Nehemiah, Sambalat and Tobiah. I don't know what, what your critics' names are. It may be Jerry and Rosemary. But there's always a critic in everybody's life. How about it? There's always someone that doesn't want you to make progress. There's always someone in the corner saying you're not going to be able to do it. There's always someone that's delighting in your failure. Always someone that doesn't want you to succeed. Always someone that would rather see you fail than move forward. And always someone that's demeaning what you're doing, questioning your choices, belittling your effort, um, throwing stones at your progress, and mocking the very things and dreams that God has put in your heart. And so it says, when Sambalat heard that they were re rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, 
What are these feeble Jews doing? Ha! Will they restore the wall? Ha! Will they offer sacrifices? Ha! I'm adding the ha, it's not really in the original Greek, but, or Hebrew. Will they finish in a day? Right. Can they bring the stones back to life from the heaps of rubble? No way. These are burned and what will they do? So in essence, the critic was belittling their effort. Mocking the vision that God had put in Nehemiah's heart. And I want you to know this, that life is full of criticism and we need to learn to filter our criticism. You're listening to Bold Steps, and this is Mark Job. We'll continue our message in just a moment. Mark, before we press on, we want to remind everyone that you can always find these daily teachings and catch up on anything you might have missed on the radio by simply going to our website at boldstepsradio.org. You can also get these messages downloaded automatically to your phone or mobile device by subscribing to the Bold Steps podcast. Open up your podcast app and search for Bold Steps with Dr. Mark Job. And then there's a one-minute feature you can also subscribe to called the Bold Steps Minute. Add this convenient 60-second Bible teaching to your podcast lineup and get your daily dose of encouragement and wisdom right where you are any time of the day. Again, that's the Bold Steps Minute. To learn more, just visit boldstepsminute.org. Now, let's return to Mark's study on facing discouragement. We're going to learn about identifying low points and weak links. This message comes from our series titled Facing Your Feelings. And once again, here is Mark Job. If you have a water filter, what a water filter does, it allows the good to go through and it keeps the impurities out. It allows the good to go through and it keeps the impurities out. We need to learn how to filter the criticism that comes to our life. Criticism comes from the outside, criticism comes from the inner circle, and the worst criticism comes from your head inside. I've learned over the years, by the way, that the more you try to do something significant, the more criticism will come your way. But what you discover with people is that some people bring their own issues to the criticism. And so I think what what Nehemiah learned is that his critics were adamantly against what he was trying to do, and Nehemiah had the right attitude when he did it. Instead of becoming discouraged and overwhelmed by the criticism, Nehemiah did what you and I need to do. He brought the criticism before God. And the Bible says he prayed before the Lord, it tells us, in verse 4, and he says, Hear our God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. I like that prayer. Give them over to the plunder in the land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt. Blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults to the face of the builders. And then it says, and he went back to work. So Nehemiah did what you and I should do. When there's criticism that comes your way, when you're discouraged by people around you or discouraged by the voices inside of your head that say you're never going to make it, you're a failure, you're never going to be able to, you'll never succeed, uh, this is always going to be the same way. When you're discouraged by the voice of criticism, bring it to God. Lord, you hear the criticism. 
Lord, you, you're seeing what's been said. You, 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 you see what I'm hearing inside of my head. I bring it to you, God, and I'm going back to the task that you've called me to do. If criticism has the power to stop you from doing what you should be doing, then criticism has just won. Don't let it win. Amen? So not only filter criticism, but identify low spots. Secondly, identify low spots. Identify and guard the lowest points the enemy is most likely to attack you through. Notice what it says in verse 13. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. Listen to me well. All of us have low spots in our life. In fact, all of us have exposed places. There's not a person here in this auditorium that doesn't have areas in their life that when the enemy goes to attack you or when discouragement is trying to get a hold, a foothold in your life, that it doesn't, it seeks the most vulnerable place in your life. The enemy's not going to attack you where you're strong. The enemy looks, looks for the places that you're weakest at. It looks for the weak link in your life. And we all have them. Nehemiah said that he looked across the wall and there were places where the wall was high and there were places where the wall was low. And so he posted a guard at the places where the wall was low. Some of you have allowed discouragement to come through the same places year after year, season after season, and you have to learn until you build a strong wall there, you need to post a guard so that the enemy can't keep coming in the same places and discouraging you over and over again. When I was a kid, we used to play a game called Red Rover, Red Rover. Anybody play that game when you were young? And in this game, what you would do is you would have two teams. And a team on one side would link their hands together, and a team on the other side would all link their hands together. And then the team on this side would, dis would, would choose someone from the opposing team. And you would say, Red Rover, Red Rover, send George right over. And George would have to run. He would look at the team that's linked arms together, and he would have to decide which is the weakest link I want to run through. Now, if you were strategic at Red Rover, you would avoid the big football player, the two guys that are strong and bulky and holding arms together. You would look for the weakest link, and if there was a 13-year-old little uh, grade school girl with braces, skinny little girl, you would say, that's where we're going. Because the goal is to break through, and the weakest link is where you break through. Discouragement is that way. Discouragement is looking for the weakest link in your life, the place that you're most vulnerable in. And discouragement finds the place that you're just most vulnerable in, and it begins to invade the rest of your life through your most vulnerable spot. I ask you this question. What is your low spot in life that discouragement tends to come into your life? It's different for all of us. Maybe it's your father. 
You have a dysfunctional relationship with your father, and every time you have a conversation with him, you find your life and energy level sinking down because you realize, I wish I had a better relationship with him. I'm never good enough for him. Every time I talk to him, I feel like I don't measure up to his expectation and discouragement sets in. Maybe it's through your marriage. And there's, when you get in a fight, start arguing together, it's always that incident that's brought up again. And you're reminded of your failure, how you really blew it four or five years ago. What you did four or five years ago then suddenly begins to draw you in and you feel like, I'll never overcome that. It's irreversible. I'll never win. For the rest of my life, I'll have to live that. I'm a failure. Maybe it's when you visit that friend that's always bragging about how much they've succeeded and what they have and their cars and their house and their bank account. And when you hang around them, you always feel like, man, I've done nothing. Look at my life. Wow, they've made it. I'll never be like that. Look how much they've achieved. Maybe it's when you drive into the old neighborhood. You hang around your buddies a little bit and suddenly that discouragement sets into your life. Maybe it's when you look at your family and some of the, that one child that has an addiction issue and you blame yourself for it. You should have been there more for them. You should have talked to them. You should have gone to their baseball games more. You should have been present more as a parent. And every time that comes up, you start feeling like their issue is your problem and discouragement sets in. Listen, I don't know how the enemy attacks you, but here's what I do know. That your low spot needs to have a double guard on it. That when you start examining the last time you got discouraged, how did discouragement set in? How did it get a hold of you? And what did the enemy use? What is your low spot that you need to put a double guard around, identify it, and say, not again? It happened once, but by the grace of God and the power of God, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a guard around it. And the guard is the truth of the word of God. Enemy, you will not come in again and disrupt and deceive and tear me down. I'm putting the word of God here and I'm going to fight against the lies that try to come in through this low spot in my life by God's grace, a double guard in your low spots. Examine to see what they are. So not only do you need to filter criticism, identify the low spots where the enemy gets a hold of you, and here's the big one. Oh man, I wish I could preach this. This is life-changing for some of you. The third one is this, adjust your focus. You see, you need to shift your focus and let faith turn into energy to fight for what really matters in life. And so the question is, what are you focused on? Most people, when they become discouraged, it's because they are focused on a problem or a challenge in their life, and they become obsessed with that challenge and that problem, and that focus on the problem overwhelms their life, and they become discouraged because they can't see a solution to that problem.
Pastor Mark Job on Bold Steps. You can find us right here on your local station and online at boldstepsradio.org. Or you can listen to this program through your Alexa device. Just say, hey, Alexa, play Bold Steps from Moody Radio, and then listen at your convenience. These daily messages are made available because of our partnership with listeners just like you. And when you become a bold partner with this ministry, you're not simply learning and growing closer to Christ yourself, you're helping others do the same. Like a listener who wrote to us and said, I give to Bold Steps because this program has truly encouraged me and taught me a lot about what I needed to know in my walk with God. It seems effective in terms of giving back to the things of God and not holding our money for ourselves. And I hope God continues to bless this ministry because it's amazing. Well, we couldn't agree more. So if you'd like to partner with us, give a gift of any amount online at boldstepsradio.org. Or you can call us at 844-615-7363. You can also send your gift in the mail by addressing your envelope to Bold Steps, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And when you give a gift to support this ministry, we'll say thanks by sending you this month's special edition of our Bold Step gift. It's a book that couldn't be more relevant to what we're facing in today's culture. It's titled Brave by Faith. Through the inspiring example of Daniel, Alistair Begg reveals what it takes to live boldly for God in a post-Christian culture. He offers biblical insight and practical guidance that you can start applying from day one. Once again, the book is called Brave by Faith, and we'll send you a copy today with your gift to Bold Steps. Just go to boldstepsradio.org. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for the second part of this message called Discouragement. It's from our series titled Facing Your Feelings. Be sure to listen Thursday to Bold Steps with Mark Joe. Bold Steps is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.